0: Hey,
1: Ollie, what have you been doing today?
2: Well, Katie, I have been at MusicalCon. Whoop, whoop, Yeah. <laughs> um, that's exactly the response. Uh yes. Western Musical Choir has been at the first musical theatre convention for fans in the UK. And um we were performing at the opening of it this morning, and we will be there again on the Sunday. Both of these things will be in the past when this episode comes out this week, uh, which is half term. But yeah, um, it was great. We had literally a captive audience of thousands of uh, musical theatre fans uh, in the queue before the uh, opening of the show. And then we were very lucky to have a stall actually at the, uh, the uh, convention. So thank you to musical con for sorting us out that relatively last minute, but we were very eager to do it. And um, yeah, it's been an amazing day. We've done a lot of recruiting if you've recently joined the choir after seeing us on the stand hello um and thank you so much for joining and we hope you enjoyed the shows and then i've been busily networking with uh, different people yeah i've I've networked my little my little behind off and uh quite happy with uh, the results so stay tuned for (laughs) the results of that yeah all the episodes all the episodes are totally lining up we're very excited there's uh there's individuals there's groups there's radio stations there's festivals all manner of things so we'll be uh we're, we're sorted until next year
1: easily if not I'm mean, 2024 next year. at this rate yes
2: <laughs> the, amount, <laughs> the amount of conversations i've had so yeah really good so awesome good job been a lovely day and then there's day two which wow yeah that's right so it's going to be really good to be back there and do some more recruiting and we're also doing a great sort of like market research thing about where we need to open more venues for western musical choir because we had a lot of people from outside of london uh top contenders are brighton uh cambridge and birmingham so we'll see what the data tells us tomorrow
1: those are exciting locations I like
2: i'd like to go visit (laughs) i think that's just reason enough isn't it yep And also we had some of our Manchester singers uh, down performing with us today, which is amazing commitment.
1: Yeah, because you guys started really early, didn't you?
2: We certainly did. So Alison <laughs> in particular, well done. Um, and yeah, she's down for the uh, for the weekend and then they're back for St. Paul's. So all in all, top work by Manchester.
1: Yes, go Manchester. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I've been doing. And awesome. uh, now, we're, now we're at the mic again. What yep. have you been doing? you packing. <laughs> now, why are you packing?
1: Because I'm coming back to London.
2: Hooray! <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> if I had more sound effects, I would use them.
1: It's a little bit of a stab in the dark. Hopefully, it will pay off. I'm just waiting for the flat to be ready. But the developers won't commit to a date yet. So, But hopefully, I'll have somewhere to live soon. But yeah, I'm coming down anyway. Because choir of man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, happening very soon. We're very excited about that. Yep. Uh, but yeah. that's great news I'm very Mm -hmm. glad
1: so uh uh-huh you go first
2: no I insist you go first okay
1: I was going to ask you about your new Disney ride total because we went to Disney last month we
2: did yeah we did last month already it is yeah crazy huh oh my goodness that's exactly a month ago isn't it yeah that's blown my head off wow
1: I don't know where time goes
2: no, we're very happy with the podcast. Um, <laughs> what is time? Um, yes, we did. It was great. Lovely time had by all. Uh, did really well with the Disney Performing Arts team. But more importantly for the podcast, uh, what was your question again? How many rides? That's right. We <laughs> uh, av- Avid listeners will know that I was sat on a uh, mighty tally of two, uh, <laughs> one ride per visit beforehand. But because of the impact of KTG g being there in person, I have substantially up those numbers.
1: Yes. It's all I my doing. Did. Not all
2: my doing. <laughs> well, I think it's majority Mostly. of them. yeah One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'd say even eight with what I'm yeah, eight rides. I and mean there, yeah. applause. <laughs> applause <you>.
1: sound effect. <laughs> I'll I'll put it in
2: now. There we go. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very impressed.
1: I mean, I'm impressed. Uh, I mean, my tally is from yesterday, from, from this trip is, is significantly larger than that.
2: No, 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 it's fine. We can, we, we, we we, we all have to go from our own levels. Yes, exactly. It's Um, not a competition. I would have had three more as well. If the fact that our little group, you know, it was you and me, Maxine, Amy and Matt on the Friday evening were... And Camilla. And Camilla, of course, yes. Yes. Um, Camilla was doing a great job in leading us around. Um, Mm -hmm. And we kept on getting to rides which were just closing uh, or had broken down or something like that. And I think the three that stuck in the memory were the Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, uh, Haunted Mansion and Big Thunder Mountain. Uh, And we did so well with the Indiana Jones one that we got all the way to the end of of the start of the queue. And um, we're about to go on because it just reopened, but it literally broke down uh, with people on the ride. So we were ushered out. It was like, oh, so close. And then we'd, so close. we went elsewhere. But um, before I, sh- shall I, shall I give you my, my rides?
1: Yes, list your rides.
2: Right. So I did Pirates of the Caribbean again because that was out of frustration from the other three breaking. Mm-hmm. And then I did Tower of Terror with Matt and Amy. And I think Amy has distinct PTSD. But it was very good fun. And then you and I did Hyperspace Mountain, which is excellent. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: We did Buzz Lightyear. Yep. Um, We'll put a picture up. Um, I apparently am quite a good shot with a Buzz Lightyear gun.
1: Yes, you are. And you you have very good form. I have photographic evidence.
2: We do. We do. (laughs) Um, I was sat with Matt. And let's just say Matt. I was covering Matt. If we were in a, a firefight, the bromance would rely on me being able to get us out of there. And frankly, <laughs> otherwise, yeah, wasn't going to happen. Uh, and then we did a great job on the Saturday evening of going to the new Spider-Man sliders thing in in the Avengers campus and Flight Force. And we queued for about a combined 10 minutes. It was yeah, I
1: know. It was wonderful.
2: Yeah, we did really well. Highly
1: recommend going late at night, guys. <laughs>
2: The way forward. If you're if you're late in the park Avengers campus is that's the time to go. Otherwise it's a bit mental. Mm-hmm. Uh and then I managed to see the thirtieth anniversary parade perfectly in time with uh sort of getting to Main Street when it was slightly raining so it wasn't very busy. And then yeah, we just saw the sort of Disney heroes and characters one as well, which is fantastic. And I saw the eliminations. So a grand total of eight, maybe nine. Maybe nine if we're including one of the other parades. But yeah. Going me. Excellent.
1: I'm very proud of you. Uh, Thank you so much.
2: Now, you can run me into the ground with how many you've done on this one occasion.
1: Yes. Uh, And I'm going to go in chronological order because (laughs) I'm crazy like that. Okay.
2: Perfectly respectable.
1: Yes. Thank you. Uh, So Friday afternoon, evening, saw the parade. Then we went to Pirates of the Caribbean. And then we went to Hyperspace Mountain and Buzz Lightyear and saw the Illuminations And then on Saturday, I went to Spider-Man, and then I went to Flight Force, and then I went to Spider-Man again, and then I went to Crush and Ratatouille, and then Indiana Jones, I got there, Uh, Pirates again, Teacups, Snow White, I actually found it, Vicky told me it existed, I mentioned it in one of the last podcasts, I found it, very cool. The Wicked Witch is just super, like the Evil Queen is just super scary, anyway, makes up for Snow White being... Nondescript. <laughs> <Myth>. <laughs> and then we did Spider-Man and Flight Force. And yes. then on uh, the Sunday morning, I got in early. And God, that queue was huge. I was really kind of surprised at how many people were there that early. But anyway, I uh, managed to get on to Big Thunder Mountain. And then I went to Space Mountain again. And I saw a parade. So, you know. And then I Fun saw this fair. amazing choir perform
2: amazing choir really yeah yeah they were,
1: they were so cool and they were on the video oculus stage and they did choreography and everything
2: my god what a yeah, thought what you a guys thought. were amazing
1: shout out to all of you
2: yeah well done disney performers we did rather <laughs> well uh that sunday it was great it was uh, wonderful to work with barbara and with uh, lauren again so yeah pretty good weekend and i must say katie do you have a a number for all the rides you just listed out to me
1: Oh, God, I haven't counted them up. Okay, hold on. Drum roll. Uh, One, two, three, four. No, wait, wait, wait. I'm not going to count parades. Four, five, six, seven, eight,
2: nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, six, sixteen. Boom! (laughs) That's how pros do it. And you were doing a load of logistical stuff for for choir as well, so. Yes,
1: yep. And helping to film the things. Maxine looked like Super pro. I mean, she is a super pro, but yeah, the rig that she had. Amazing.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Any streamer worth their salts should emulate Maxine. Indeed. Yeah. So yeah, Disney went great. And yeah. uh, I'm very excited that I've upped my rides massively. But there's still a few out there that I need to go and try next time at Disney.
1: Yep. Yeah, I was just really happy that I got to do um, the studio park properly this time there's still some things that i haven't done like tower of terror because you know how when you hear roller coasters and there's like good screams and then you yes. hear rides and there's like bad screams mm. tower of terror is bad screams like i terror, didn't, hear, didn't hear a good scream at all
2: <laughs> it's a really lovely picture <laughs> of matt amy and i sat in the front row of that when it sort of like pops at the top of the entire ride and i remember the first time i did it back in march uh, i was distinctly like breaking it um but i really enjoyed it this time because i kind of knew what was coming a little bit more and i I knew I, i survived last time and there's a really lovely picture of the three of us with matt and i both looking like we're going for a lovely walk in a in a lovely park having a lovely time and meanwhile amy is like white clutching onto the armrest and screaming and um it's real it's really wonderful that juxtaposition of face um yeah
1: yeah amy
2: we're Kudos sorry. to
1: you, and I'm sorry I didn't stop it. <laughs> I wasn't there. Otherwise, I would have tried.
2: <laughs> it was so funny. It wasn't funny. It was, um. what was the word? It wasn't funny, though. That's the main thing. I definitely didn't laugh, and neither did Matt, and uh-huh. neither did everyone else. So uh, <laughs> there were some great pictures, so we'll, we'll put more of those up. But, yeah. Yeah. There we go. Disney, it's been great. Um, now, then. It's, this episode. It's, Oh yeah, I remember now. We were introing it, weren't you? Yeah, Uh, weren't we? Um, (laughs) Now, then, the the first episode of this term came out in the first week, and this one is coming out in uh, half term. That's gone really Mm -hmm. quickly. Hence the confusion about time. Disney being always. Yeah, that was a busy week. First full week of term, and then straight to Disney. Mm -hmm. Goodness me, wouldn't change it. It was wonderful. What have we got today?
1: We have Jennifer Tierney.
2: Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> now, Epic. you may recognise the name, you may not, but I think uh, by the end of this, you will be uh, absolutely enamoured with her like we are. Jen is in Come From Away, which we all know is a choir favourite. Yeah, she is basically swing or cover in the show, and she is the first person in the show's history to play all the female roles so she's an incredibly talented person, got an amazing amount of headspace for lyrics and choreography and what you do with chairs and that in yeah. the show. So it was a joy speaking to her and finding out more about her sort of backstory, stuff from the show. And uh, yeah, I think you're gonna really enjoy that. And then we also have Wemmick Loves, um, which is gonna be all about come from away. So you'll have seen our questions on Instagram. Thank you so much for loads of answers. Uh, we cover those basically why you love Come From Away so much and how many times you've seen it before it uh, leaves the West End in the new year. So, um, we have some super fans, we uh, do, putting it mildly. Um, so yeah, we'll cover that after our conversation with Jen. Hello, everyone. We're very excited today to be joined by um, one of our. Uh, excellent friends from Come From Away and uh, West End performer Jennifer or Jen Tierney. Um, Thank you so much for joining us today, Jen.
0: My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's lovely to come and chat to you all.
2: We spoke to Jen a little while ago about coming on because she was our captain, Beverly Bass, when we went for our Quite um, Social at Come From Away early in the year um, and we'll come on to that but yeah thank you for coming on and uh, we're just going to ask you a few questions about sort of your career to date and um, maybe experience on Come From Away and you know future plans as well but yeah we're very excited to have you on.
0: so excited. Ask away, <laughs> ask away.
2: <laughs> I think it will start chronologically in that case. Um, yep. So tell us about your career, um, how you got started, personal highlights and Maybe we'll deal with what's next um, later in the in the segment but yeah if you want to give us a, bit, a brief synopsis that'd be great.
0: So yeah I started as um, uh, a young three-year-old really going to the local dance school and like everybody in my town it was the done thing. We went to a jazz tap and ballet class on a Saturday afternoon and I was really lucky that I had a really amazing teacher Ian who really supported me from a young age and when I was about 13, um, he pulled me aside after class one day and said, look, you know, you obviously enjoy doing this. Um, Is it something that you'd consider doing for a career? And that that had never crossed my mind as a kid. You know, you don't think that, you know, doing something you love like that could be something that you turn into a a job, essentially. Um, And I was like, oh, is that what people do? Um, And so hence then came a plan to audition for colleges. And when I was uh, 15 was auditioning for um, various different colleges in London my mum and I would get the uh, (laughs) the overnight coach from Glasgow down to London and go and do all the auditions and finally got into performers college and uh, went there when I was 16 and yeah I went as a dancer really it was more of it was performers dance college back then it's not it's performers college now um, because it was primarily a dance school, um, I wanted to be like a commercial dancer and you know do like pop videos and all that kind of thing. And it was going well until I got a knee injury, and, the, and then I had to have oh my no. knee operated on when I was sixteen. So the college were very good with me, and they said you know you can either leave and go and rehabilitate and get your injury sorted out, or you can stay. Um, and, and they offered me to come back, obviously, but they said or you can. St- Day and do your physio sessions and everything here in in Essex and carry on working on singing and acting. So I was like, I'll do that, thanks. <laughs> um, so thankfully they um they really supported me and I got lots of opportunities while I was there because um Brian Rogers, who was the director of the college at the time, he's no longer with us, bless him, but um he was a, a huge choreographer in the industry and did a lot of tv shows and corporate events and things so he used me for them so I got a lot of experience at standing at the front and singing um you know songs in big corporate award ceremonies and tv shows we got to dance on them and stuff like that so I got an amazing kind of leap into that world um probably crammed into a short space of time and that was it I just kind of I realized then I was like well, I think actually musical theater is the route for me. So graduated from college in 1999, a <laughs> long time ago, and then got my first job, luckily before I left college actually, I knew that I was going into my first job, um, and it was a, a world cruise with Royal Caribbean as a, as a lead vocalist, and the rest is history really. And then I went into, when I got back from that, went into musical theatre, and got an agent when I came back and started auditioning, and yeah, that's kind of the, the crux of how it all started really
2: it's amazing especially yeah. um so early on in your career getting onto onto the ships and everything because that seems to be a really good uh, avenue definitely um one of our members actually she's uh, just joined the cruise herself uh which is very exciting for her and um yeah it seems to be definitely a route
0: i was going to say it's interesting sorry uh, it's interesting because the um uh, back then the cruise industry wasn't seen as it wasn't as honored back then as it is now yeah. mm. it was a definite kind of stigma attached to it where it's like you know that's where the people go that you know that aren't as maybe talented for the west end or something like that and that is most definitely not the case anymore um the shows on ships nowadays actually the last one I did was in we're kind of going back around the full circle now um the last mm-hmm. one I did was in 2016 when I went to do Mamma Mia on the ship and I played Donna and mm. uh, the production show that we had to do alongside the musical was absolutely intense. It was it was like Cirque du Soleil on a cruise ship, you know. So the calibre of ships, production shows now, and I can only speak for all Caribbean, but I know that a lot of them are the same, um, are way up there. And the, the I have to say, you know, without sounding biased to my colleagues and myself, it's, you know, the level of talent that is on there now is, is second to none. So.
2: Yeah and it's impressive as well considering how much the pandemic impacted on on cruise ships as well because I mean there was basically no action on there for a good year and a half if not near two years so it's good that they've obviously come back bigger and stronger than ever.
0: Yeah across
1: the industry really yeah. Katie. So uh, what is the best advice you've ever been given or slightly different angle if you prefer what would you tell your younger self that you wish you'd known at
0: the time? Oh gosh that's a big one isn't it? Mm. I think there's so many different things that I could bring up. But I think I get asked that a lot by my students, actually. If I do like a Q&A and a masterclass and stuff, I always get asked things like that. And for me, I think the biggest thing is, well, there's two things really. Know exactly what you bring to the table and be confident in that. Know exactly where you fit in the industry and deliver that in the room. And don't try and fit into some sort of mold that you think you have to fit into. Especially nowadays, that's a much bigger conversation than what it was when I started out and secondly have something else that you care about in your life that that motivates you and that drives you so that the industry doesn't become the be all and end all because we it's so personal what we do it's so such a big part of us you know creatively I think that's why the pandemic was so hard for all of us because it's part of who we are it's how we're built it's part of our bones you know so when that's taken away from you for whatever reason, whether it be COVID or whether it be because you're not working or because you're injured or whatever that may be, you have to have something else that makes you tick. So for me, I found teaching and that was what made me, what has made me tick and I had to turn my energy to. So I think it's really important because I didn't have that early on. And so when things didn't go well with auditions for whatever reason, it felt like the world was falling apart, (laughs) you know. So you get a bit of perspective. You get a bit of perspective when you have something else to care about and something else to drive you and motivate you, you know. So those would be the two main things, I think. Um, And I think thirdly, which is a a bigger discussion now too, thankfully, is to take care of yourself mentally. Um, Mm. You know, the industry can be quite... Uh, tough and you know, it doesn't always go well. And I think that you know, I suppose that knocks on to the same thing about having something else to you know, to take care of you sorry, something else to um, motivate you is that mentally, if you're in a good place, you can deal with things and talk about it and talk about how you feel because you know, we all have that connection, you know, 100%.
1: And all three of those are just so transferable to absolutely everything in life. Like I'm only really just figuring out at work that I am who I am and that is awesome. And if they don't like me for that, then I shouldn't waste my time with them, Uh, which is a weird thing (laughs) to all of a sudden in my late thirties to figure out, but I'm so glad that I did because yeah, now I just have to remember it and carry it forward. And Yeah. yeah, your other, your other two things as well, hugely like work, no matter what it is and no matter how much you love it, isn't. You don't
0: live to work. Absolutely. You work to live. Awesome. You're absolutely right, Katie.
2: And when you say teaching, uh, I'm guessing it's sort of voice teaching and performance?
0: Yes. So I teach um, at several university, uh, universities on degree courses. So uh, currently... That's amazing. Thank okay. you. Um, actually, that really... I had kind of been teaching workshops and masterclasses throughout the years. I, I run a company where um, I teach workshops based on shows that I've done. Uh, or I'm currently in and but also uh, I send other teachers out to um vocational schools to go and teach workshops to different age groups and different demographics and things so that was a big part of my life for years and then when the pandemic came along I was like what am I going to do now (laughs) you know and uh, you have to and it wasn't yeah Yeah, it wasn't even just about money it was about mentally how am I going to survive this like not have a purpose you know so um I uh, started reaching out and gained private students. I was doing one-to-ones online, um, which is, I've still kept some students now. I've managed to keep a few, uh, even though I'm busy with the show and everything, I've I've wanted to try and keep a few ticking over um, because I love them. (laughs) Um, But also um, during the pandemic, um, I had the opportunity to go and teach at a college um, in North London called London Studio Centre. So, because uh, they obviously managed to keep everything moving to a certain extent, so it was either online or in person. And then now I also teach at uh, Trinity and, um and in September I'm about to start at Lane Theatre Art and Performers. So um, so I'll be doing, it'll be a very busy term, <laughs> three days a week teaching, plus eight shows a week, plus rehearsals for the standbys. But um, just preparing myself for, for when January comes, really. I'm really <laughs> excited, I'm looking forward to it that's amazing
2: um thank you for fitting us in
0: yes
1: exactly
2: is <laughs> <laughs> uh trinity in greenwich isn't it
0: it is yes however they have another uh another space in new cross next to goldsmith so that's yeah. where I'm, it's just easier for the commute <laughs> to get into that that. yeah yeah i know it's well, great it's really amazing teaching there because in all the colleges actually because i love working with students that are driven and that want to do this you know um and i think that there's a uh, Especially being pr- in the industry currently, I think there's a, a you know there's a an understanding there of what the industry needs and is looking for right now. So to be able to pass that on is a real privilege, you know.
2: Yeah, one of our uh, one of our MDs at choir uh, was at Trinity for his uh, for his studies, and uh, yeah, he's doing really well. He's doing most of our arrangements. Uh, he did the Come From Away uh, one, for example, but he's also just done his. He's been assistant MD on the Rock of Ages tour as well for oh, a couple okay. of the shows. So. He's definitely a driven one. That's uh, good to hear. But um we'll let Ben know that you're you're carrying the torch for uh, for Goldsmith uh, for for Trinity. Sorry.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Tell him said hi.
2: <laughs> what are your top tips for getting performance ready and looking after your voice as well? Because eight shows a week and then teaching people to sing, it's going to be in high usage.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean there's definitely some social sacrifice that comes with it, you know, like I'm definitely home at a decent time and I'm very choosy about when I arrange to meet with friends or you know, and Sundays are very precious. I make sure that I get a good sleep if I can and um you know, and kind of have a rest on a Sunday because that is my only day off. Um I try not to plan anything it's work oriented on a Sunday sometimes you get kind of coerced into answering some emails but you have to try and avoid it mm. um and uh, but yeah no mainly looking after your voice is a huge thing and your body because the minute your your body gets tired it or you're emotional or you're, you're you're feeling it mentally it will go to your voice um so yeah the obvious things like lots of water eating sensibly sleep not drinking a lot of alcohol you know um uh steaming is very good for me if I'm feeling tired, you know, or a bit dehydrated. So those are the all, all the normal things, I think, that everybody knows how to take care of your voice. But yeah, I think just really taking care of yourself and, you know, making sure that you are prioritising the right things. If you're going out, you know, if you've got a show on a Monday evening, don't go out and shout your voice off on a Sunday evening on the night out. You know, that it's just, it's just common sense. But I think there's so many young people don't think ahead you know I think ahead a lot about okay what does my week look like I know I've got to do this that the other thing I'm up early for a podcast I've got this and that day I've got two shows on the same day what do I need to do okay so straight to bed after the show on Tuesday evening you know so it's it's just about self-discipline really and being sensible so that you know that when you're working you're delivering the best possible version of yourself rather than a mediocre version and then people kind of go well she's not reliable because she can't use her voice you know
2: For me, knowing what you do on the show as well, um, you have to be so mentally prepared to suddenly be a a completely different set of characters as well. It's not like you're just going in. I mean, Come From Away is is quite special for that way. Most of the cast are playing at least three or four people within the show. But then we'll get on to the fact that you do half the show um, and moment's notice as well. But I was going to quickly ask about um, just performance ready, like as you're getting ready to go on, is there anything like to, obviously, I think you have less nerves than some of our singers, for example, who haven't been, who don't do this full time. And, you know, they're just getting into it. Is anything to sort of like steady the ship before you go on?
0: For for me, it's more, I mean, we do a company warm up and we all come in at six o'clock and spend some time together and it turns into a bit of a meet and greet because we're all saying hello and how was your day and stuff and then we do a vocal warm up together. So that's a nice kind of solid moment as a company before we do the show. Um, But for me, it's about preparation. The best way that I work in any area of life, to be honest, whether it be business, teaching, performance, whatever it is, is knowing that I've done the work. If I know that I've put the effort and the time into preparing myself for something, then if something goes wrong, I can forgive myself for it. Because, I mean, if it does happen, because you go, well, I did what I could, we're all human, you know, things happen. But if I go in unprepared, then I can't forgive myself for that, you know? So it gives me confidence. Uh, in my ability knowing that I've put the work in and that I've disciplined myself, whether it be doing a line run or watching the show or making sure I watch the transitions that I'm not quite sure about because, you know, I now cover all six female roles in the show. It's a lot of information <laughs> for those of you that have it seen the show.
2: Genuinely boggles my mind. Um, <laughs> I, I like to think I've got a lot of stuff in my head, but that having seen the show, just knowing how much, how many lines you've got all the stuff with the chairs quick quick changes but also just you know going from your regular accent to uh, a Texan one to a new fee and back um, and, and I
0: see traffic yeah. and things like that as well like, because as you know once you start the show it doesn't stop so yeah no time to go off like if you're in, if you're a swing for example in a, in another, in a different show, most of the time, you'll have gaps where you can go off and check a cheat sheet or something. That's not the case with this show. You are literally on the roller coaster and you go. Um, so yeah, it is a lot of information. It's uh, it's incredibly satisfying though because when it goes well, it, you know that it's paid off. The work and the time has paid off. But it's you know it's I'm at the point now. You know, I've been in the show since January 2019, and we've got two new standbys currently learning the show now. And they're in that, I look at them and I'm like, oh my god, I remember that feeling. I remember that feeling (laughs) am I ever going to know this? Am I ever gonna Mm. know where that chair goes? Am I ever gonna know and you know all the all the tiny little things that actually the audience don't see because the lighting and the direction is so clever. There's so much more that goes on than people would notice, like passing off of props and things like that, and the timing of that and you know, being aware of who's who and it's a lot. But um, but yeah, I, again, it's just about preparation for me. I work hard and, um, you know, I've I've always been quite disciplined in making sure that in any area of life, but in particular with Come From Away, it's really taught me that if I put the work and the time and the effort in, then the, the, everything else pays off and it goes well, you know.
1: I love that you had, for West End Live, which I watched on YouTube, um, yeah. that you had all the swings come out with you. And yeah. Perform. That was amazing.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely, really, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was in the last couple of years, I think because of, well, mostly Instagram, actually, uh, I've become more aware of the swings and the pivotal role that they play. So celebrating them like that was awesome.
0: it's, It's interesting, you know, because back in the day, it used to be like, oh, the understudy's on. And it's such a load of rubbish. <laughs> you know, when I first you, I first yeah, saw Hamilton and I had I had
1: the understudy for Hamilton and I had no clue. And then at the end there was such a big whoop because I think that might have even been his first time that he was on doing oh. the role. And mm-hmm. I had no clue. I was like, my God, if he's the
0: understudy, who's the star? But yeah, no, it's it's um, it's important that, you know, it's about where people are in their careers, you know, and, and it's about how um, established they are and where they move to. You know, it doesn't matter. It's not about um, quality of performance or ability. It's just about where people are and, you know, and what's happened in their lives to get them to that point. And I, I can categorically say it with a lot of pride that our standbys are of equal level to the people that are in the onstage cast. It's um, And that's a big part of our job as well is being able to, slot in so that yeah. the audience are not aware that somebody doesn't do the show every night is playing a different role you know I mean it's quite often that I'll play three or four roles the, you know from one day to the next and you know it's my job to put myself in the same level and make sure that the audience knows no different you know yeah so hurrah for the swings yes <laughs> <laughs> um so to change
1: tax a little bit we would love to know what your musical theatre dream role is. Have you already done it? Or oh. do you have something up your sleeves that you want to do?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I was When I was did my first West End show, when I did Wicked years ago, uh, gosh, in 2009 I joined that show, um, I had the opportunity to cover Elphaba and Madame Morble when I was there, but I never got to play Elphaba. <laughs> so that's a bit of a, a, a shame. But... I think future roles, I love playing Captain Bev. I love playing Bev. She's one of my favourites for sure. But I think future roles that I've always kind of had on my list would be Mrs. Wilkinson and Billy Elliot, uh, Mrs. Mm. and Blood Brothers. Um, there's also some really exciting new shows coming in next year as well. Um, we are all kind of got our eye on Jagged Little Pill and Beetlejuice and we're all really hoping that they make it into town. There's some really exciting new things coming and I think what happens, because I've done Come From Away now, whereas shows like, you know all the the old school classics like Les Mes and stuff like that were like the dreams, do you know what I mean? It's like after doing Come From Away, I'm now kind of at the point where I'm like, oh, actually, I've got the bug for doing something new and being part of an original company and, you know, being part of the creative process. And, you know, there's something so satisfying and and exciting about being a part of that. And also new writing. I absolutely love doing new writing. I think there should be more of it in in our country. You know, the Americans are so great at at funding... Mm -hmm. um, new productions and regional workshops and stuff like that. And we have some of it here, but it's very, you know, it's very limited. There's a few great production houses here. Um, But I really love doing that. So I would really love to do more workshops and more concerts and things like that to kind of just um, get the creative juices flowing, I suppose, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just
1: saw recently on David Hunter's Instagram that he's originating... The time traveler and the time traveler's yeah. wife I was like how are they turning that into a musical bloody hell no, um because yeah. I mean th- so yes that is it's so cool to, th- to be able to do something from scratch and be part yeah. of that right so,
0: so fingers actually, crossed so, yeah absolutely <laughs> um actually Sorel um Marsh who was uh in one of the standbys that come from away um last in the last year um she's doing the time traveler's wife as well and that was one of her big dreams was to kind of originate yeah. a global production so yeah it's
2: very exciting I'm really excited very cool very cool you mentioned about uh, concerts as well and new writing um I'm guessing you were working but did you see much about uh, treason um at the jury lane
0: I didn't know however Alan Berry who's our um musical director uh he was conducting um so yeah I heard great things about it did you see it or
2: um I didn't see it myself unfortunately um but I was involved in uh, the concert's of chess and kinky boots with uh lmto before um mm. but i was very lucky to work with uh cedric Neal, who's in back to the future at the moment but then he was low for kinky boots um and then he was also in in treason so i can imagine it's the sort of thing where it's similar to yourself where they've obviously got different shows in their heads at the same time and uh yeah i think i hadn't really seen that many shows in concert and it was just um amazing seeing the reception to them uh, people were very excited and i think yeah treason probably will be making its way onto the west end you can imagine it's going to be uh, very popular
0: i think it's a great way um to bring shows back to the forefront again you know is to do these like semi staged concerts like that i think it's a really great concept and an amazing event and an amazing opportunity for performers and musicians as well to mm. be able to do a short stint of something that's really exciting you know and get the opportunity to perform a show that they may not have had the opportunity to do if it was a long run you know it's it's such a a lovely way to go about things if it wasn't on a, a Monday when I'm at work I would have been there watching
2: <laughs> exactly yeah when I started asking the question I went no I think Jen's probably going to have been working <laughs> because yeah, you okay.
0: know yeah, got to okay. fit those
2: eight shows a week um, <laughs> in, in somewhere
0: there was a Sunday I might have been there <laughs>
2: yeah so we've talked about your sort of dream role or what you'd like to do uh, potentially next. Um, Jeremy Jordan was on last night at Drury Lane, and he he does a fantastic version of "She Used to Be Mine," obviously um, from Waitress. Mm-hmm. But I think he first did that in uh, the miscast um, sort of shows before the pandemic. So mm-hmm. if you were going to be miscast in a show, which role would you want to be given?
0: Oh gosh uh, there's quite a few you know I'm quite envious of some of the male roles that are out there <laughs> but um, yeah. and there are some cracking female roles now too though but I think if I had my pick it would maybe be a Valjean or something because I think it's an amazing sing it's an amazing journey for a character mm. and I think it's just it's a show that I always watched and thought oh, I'd love to be in that someday so yeah I think if I was gonna be miscast I think I would probably shout for for a Valjean <laughs>
2: yeah he, uh, he does He does pop up quite a few times when we ask okay. this question. Yeah, but I think it, it's sort of justified in a way. It, it's such a remarkable role. Um, mm. So that the, the portrayal of the character, but also just the uh, singing ability and all the rest of it uh, through that is, is hard to look past. But yeah, yeah, we'll just chalk another one up for 24601, which is <laughs> perfectly acceptable.
1: <laughs> so another similar question. If you could have been part of any original cast on opening night, here or in the states um, or anywhere, which one would you choose?
0: Oh my goodness, do you know what? I couldn't. Uh, I have to say that actually, I've been really lucky, and I think that I've I've had the opportunity. For me, it was when Come From Away came back after the pandemic that, like, we were. This is going to sound a bit sad because we were on stage at the end with everybody. But because of the nature of the way that um, the bubbling worked and all that kind of stuff when we first came back, the standbys had to stay in the dressing room. We weren't allowed out front because they were too worried about COVID. So we heard it on the um, tannoy and we were all together, you know, and sitting upstairs and and heard the, the, the crowd, which was absolutely... It was, And I think the ovation went on for a couple of minutes at the end of the opening number. So I think that being on stage for that moment, it makes me a bit emotional now, actually, being on stage for that moment would have just been... Hearing what it was for us in the room after so long of being tucked away, you know, and not on stage like, like everybody was in the industry, hearing it was emotional. But to stand on stage and hear that complete wall of sound come from the audience... Um, the cast had an incredible experience there. And it was, I think as well, after not seeing an audience for so long or hearing an audience coming out at the end when our producers did the speech that they did, which was incredible, um, looking out to a thousand people who just wanted to be there and experience this evening was just, it was, yeah, that was incredible. So I think that would be the one, really. We kind of half experienced it and half didn't.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine that must have been quite tough in a way, being quite so close and yet so far uh, from it but yeah, yeah I'm sure there's been plenty of good responses since
0: oh yeah absolutely and I think I'll never forget actually the very first time that I did come from away um, I played Bonnie in the previews in London I have never experienced a sound like it like because it's that instant ovation you know because they don't have many opportunities to applaud during the show so it's like a built-up thing and then all of a sudden the lights go out and the last chord is hit and then it's like ah, and it's just the sound it's like it's quite overwhelming it really is
2: so Jen uh, you have mentioned that you do teaching and everything um, and we've been very lucky to work with Alice Fern in a workshop we work with Kerry Alice in a workshop and then we also worked with Disney Performing Arts uh, quite regularly we're off to off to Paris to work with them on their 30th anniversary show oh, in wow. a few weeks but you as you say Alice, you're
0: welcome <laughs> <laughs>
2: There is a small waiting list but we'll see what we can do definitely. <laughs> um but yeah we we've been very lucky to work with some very um talented uh, people from from the West End. If you were to work with 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 West End Musical Choir what would you like to do in in terms of like a workshop?
0: Um so yeah I'd love to do a come from Way workshop. Um the other thing I absolutely love doing right now as well is acting through song. Um mm. I'm obviously doing a lot of that on the degree courses that I teach on. Um but it's 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 really lovely to do because it allows people to connect to the text and connect to the musicality of why the text is written with that music and you know and really kind of going into the thought process of the actor singing so it's not doesn't just become about standing and singing a pretty song it's about telling the story because that's what musical theatre is it's a monologue to music you know so um so I'm really enjoying doing that um but yeah absolutely a come from way workshop would be amazing absolutely
1: Yeah. I was particularly going to ask if you would perform our medley with us. So that sounds like that could happen. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? So I know we've already spoken a little bit about how you prepare for all of your roles in Come From Away, but is there any other insight that you have around how you tackle and prepare for that um, and how you, how you actually juggle all of that from day to day, like if you are all of a sudden doing five different roles in a week, like how do you how do you how do you do that?
0: <laughs> oh gosh, I mean it does come down to um, rehearsal and making sure that I'm on top of things and maintaining the information. And and quite often what we find is, I mean we have a great rehearsal team where we have um, the opportunity to say, right, I'm going to play this part today. Um, and then, but there are only eight standbys, right? So there's not 12 company members. So what tends to happen is you'll pr- you'll prioritise one role in a rehearsal, but then you'll end up doing other people's chairs as well to kind of fill the gaps, you know? So it, you never really get a full run just in that role. But that's good too, because then it keeps the other roles fresh too. Um, but that's, it's rehearsal, you know, and just making sure that we're on top of things. I have, um, that I've just shared with the new standbys that have just joined us recently, actually, because this is where the work comes in. We have what we call the Come From Away Bible, which is quite a common thing throughout every production. There's a Bible of all the blocking and all the staging. and you know It's an American show, so we run by numbers and stuff across the front of the stage. Um, so we have that Bible that's been written by our wonderful Ricky Hines, who we absolutely adore, who's like the oracle of Come From Away. <laughs> and he's with us now actually for a few weeks. Um, so we have that. But then going through that, bearing in mind that there are 12 characters written in it, differentiating who does what and condensing it for each role. You form a cheat sheet. So I have cheat sheets for all characters now. So I've shared them with the other standbys because I'm like, listen, this will make your life so much easier.
2: I'm incredibly grateful for that, yeah.
0: I mean, I'm like, you know, maybe we could sell them eventually to any other standbys if the show comes back.
2: (laughs) There we go, monetize it,
0: yeah. (laughs) No, I'm kidding, I'm absolutely kidding. Because (laughs) that was the the hardest part. And then once you've got that information condensed, then you can get on your feet and work it through. But it's honestly, it's about compartmentalizing, you know, like, so I know that such, Beulah does, this bev does that i think where where the difficulty comes for me anyway i think it's helped being a dancer in the past because i have more of a logistic brain when it comes to things like that you know i think it, it, that has really helped me with the show but it's partnerships so like beulah and uh, and annette you know that like those two characters they do a lot together so what's their traffic who's on what side who goes upstage stage of who um same with them um, who would it be like beulah and hannah for example now you know knowing don't say Beulah's lines when you're meant to say Hannah's line, you know, silly things like that, because it's in your muscle memory. So it's yeah. just I bet it would
2: be very front of mind for me, thinking, right, I'm playing uh, Hannah tonight, and then walk out and suddenly go at a certain point, nope, that was definitely uh, Bonnie's line. Yeah. Um, you know, just kind of sit there and go, how do we get past this, as it were? so' <laughs> it's
0: been a couple of times, that I was playing Bonnie quite a lot recently, and there's been a couple of times where, I, th- I, can't remember, I can't remember who I was on for the day before, I don't know, but for some reason I... I The traffic was the same, but there was like two numbers between them. So I ended up almost like my body wanted to go to the other person's space. My brain went, no, 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 go that way. (laughs) So yeah, it's um, it's tricky. You have to be. There's no. There's absolutely no point in the show. Can you relax? Basically, it's very much like you're always thinking. You're always focused.
2: You know, rollercoaster is the term I think you used um, uh, earlier, and it it makes (laughs) me yeah, definitely. There's points where you're still. You know, you might be slowing down slightly, but you're still moving, and then you're careering down, you know, a particular solo. But yeah, you're you're on it to the end, as yeah. it were.
0: Absolutely, you're absolutely right. Yeah, but it's great. Look, I love it. I absolutely love it. It is the most challenging and and hardest job I've ever had, as far as from an acting point of view, a vocal point of view, a logistic and mental point of view, and emotionally too. You know, because. You really have to have a certain type of mentality to be able to do this job, you know. And it's like if I get a a call over the tannoy halfway through the show, Jennifer, can you get ready into blah blah blah, whatever character you have to go into work mode? It can't be, oh my god, oh my god, you know, it's you have to remain calm, you know, keep calm and carry on, as they say,
1: (laughs) very much like all the people in Gander had to do, right? Like, oh, thousands of people, yeah, okay,
0: get the job done, done. exactly that, exactly that.
2: There's a slight sub question uh, to this from from me. Um mm-hmm. I think Katie Katie um definitely thinks it. as well. Thank you. Um <laughs> we we had to do a certain amount of um, you know, direction around the Newfoundland um accent. How do you manage to go from sort of a Texan accent to a uh, Newfie one to, you know, just in a split second like that, because I, I can do voices a little bit, but there's some people who find it really, really challenging. Is, it, is there anything <laughs> you you do in your head? Like you go, right, I am X. I'm going to be focusing on that vowel sound, that consonant here or, or timing, as it were. Or do you just think, naturally do it?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think at this point now, yeah, it just happens to be honest. Mm. But we did a lot of dialect work in the beginning. Um, mm. I think it also helps if you know in your mind prop wise if, like for example if i if i'm playing bev and i put the the pilot jacket on it's a way of going right now i'm bev it's like a subconscious kind of right now i know i'm i'm yeah. this this is my story this is the, this is how i present myself and then when i take it off my posture changes and i become slightly different for a net and all, and you know so there's like a that helps like this this thing
2: a a physical cue as it were
0: exactly yeah and that differentiates it for us as well as it does for the audience so I suppose in that respect as long as we know you know again this comes down to preparation and rehearsal time and work is knowing that in this moment I play this person then I play that person then that person and it's mapped out for us um and some of them aren't as transparent as that like for example as Bonnie when she has the blue uh coat on, she's the passenger and she's from America. Lovely Mary Doherty, one of my dear friends who was the original Bonnie, she had a whole backstory for that character. You know, Maggie, I think she was a, a, a nail technician or something. Like had like she had this full backstory about um all these people. Um so which is important because then if you subconsciously know who you're playing in your mind, then that delivers to the audience, you know
2: in terms of transferring that to our medley I can imagine it's mostly to do with the the music that's happening at the time you've kind of got the summer in the middle of nowhere some more lilting you've got a softer sort of sound and then as soon as the sort of more percussive piece comes in from Welcome to the Rock I think everyone just switches a little bit there so I do because I
1: mean I've watched you guys do that it happens.
0: Yeah and they're very clear with us in, in the it was a long rehearsal process they're very clear with us about this is the accent we want in this moment, change it in this moment, you're now this person in that moment. Like they're very clear about who we are in each moment of the show when you're rehearsing it and learning it. Um, So that's just kind of inbuilt in the process, I think, which is probably, it's a great thing because now we don't have to think about it when we're performing the show because it's just there in our minds, you know.
2: Good. Well, I'm glad, and I won't even go into choreography. Um, <laughs> that's just that we, we need another hour or two to just exactly. go ahead around the that. chairs of the yeah. other
0: cast member, to be honest with you. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly, Katie. Do you want to take the next one? I will subvert subverted the system. Again?
0: I, I know.
1: Uh, yes, I'll take the next one. Um, what is the best performance you've ever seen on stage? Doesn't have to be musical theatre. It could be anything.
0: I have a few, you know, but two that particularly stick out to me. Um, I saw once um, in our theatre, actually. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know if you've, are you, do you know the story? Do you know the show? I, I only know, it's one that I want to see. And when yeah. I want to see something, I
1: avoid knowing much about it. But I mean, obviously I know Falling falling Slowly, yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It, was just, it was such a beautiful love story. And I think, you know, sometimes when you're going through certain things in your personal life, you kind of connect to things mm-hmm. artistically in a different way. Um, and I went with one of my dear friends, um, Craig Adams. Um, we went to see the show together. And I still think, when I'm at warm-up sometimes, I still look out to where we were sitting and kind of go, my God, what an experience, because it just really hit me. And we we had to sit in the auditorium for a good 10 minutes while the ushers were tidying up around us to kind of take it in. Like, we were both a bit speechless afterwards. It was just, it completely blew my mind. It was the first time I'd seen something of that musical style, on a West End stage and actually the writers of our show say that once kind of gave them permission to write our show because it became, you know, it was like folky and Irish sounding, you know, just not a typical musical theatre show. So that is definitely one of them. Um, and the other one was something I saw really recently, actually. Um, it was a play at the uh, the Turbine Theatre that my friend Caroline Deverell played the mum in called A Typical Rainbow. Um, And it was based uh, um, around, it's a true story um, about a a writer called JJ who wrote this piece and it's about his journey and his experience of autism and it brings us into the world of autism and how he experiences it in his world and it was the most powerful and emotional experience that I've, I think I've ever had in a theatre. It was in 20, I mean, I've seen some incredible shows over the years, but this was so, like, personal and such a a new adventure and, and a new way of looking at things and something that I didn't know anything about in that, like, who does, you know, unless you are, you know, somebody that deals with autism or you have someone close to you that deals with it. Um, it's not a world that I knew enough about, and so I was completely, like, Encapsulated by the whole thing. And there was probably 20 people in the audience, the small little theatre, the small space. um, Katie Lipson produced it. And I had to message her afterwards and just say, listen, that was one of the best experiences I've ever had in a theatre. And I really hope that it goes on to do something else because it's, I feel like everybody should experience it. So it doesn't have to be a big production Mm -hmm. to mean something, you know, it's just something that when you connect to something and when a story is told well and it takes you on a journey, and I had to. I was so proud of Caroline playing that role because actually she has, um, her son is uh, is is autistic. So it was very personal for her too. Um, and so I had to give myself a good five minutes in the bathroom, have a good sob um, before I saw her just to put myself together because I was very moved by the whole thing. Yeah, so. That's amazing. I, did, I, think, I think there's a book actually available. Um, so if your listeners are interested in in looking at it, I would definitely recommend it.
2: Mm-hmm. If you could sing or duet with any musical theatre performer um, currently active, or you know maybe someone from from uh, a few years back, uh, who would it be?
0: Gosh, it's you know it's there are so many. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know it's, it's such a. It's why I send them to you a little bit in advance because just like it's not fair, not fair to spring it on you. So but, yeah, I know
0: and I should have thought about this more in detail, but <laughs> so, it's
2: it's fine, it's fine.
0: Do you know what comes to my mind, actually? Um, I think it would be so cool to perform with somebody that was like a childhood idol, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And for me, I mean, I've actually, I have gotten to perform with this person, um, but I sang along to the Joseph album so much as a kid so Lindsay Hatley, you know, she was like every girl my age and boy of, of my age sang along to that album. You yeah. know, you know, and just singing along wild out to that. Um, and I got to do chess with Lindsay and um she was playing Florence and I was in the ensemble with an amazing group of people. And I was just talking about this job the other day. It was one of the best jobs I've ever had. It was like it was a four week rehearsal process, and then we went to Norway and did it for like a week's worth of shows, and that was it. <laughs> but it was just an amazing group of people we had the best time but yeah I think Lindsay would be someone that I would love to sing a little duet with maybe because you know it's quite cool to go full circle and um and get the opportunity to sing with your childhood idols I guess you know
1: okay so for our last question we would love to know if you were to open your music streaming service of choice what's the last thing you listen to
0: Oh, good question. Do you know what? I actually just did my um, my one woman show the, um, a couple of weeks ago. I did it at um, Piano Westfields, so there is a lot of pop music on there right now. Actually, because I did a lot of um, a lot of that, and I'm also um, putting together my headliner show because I'm going to be doing um, headlining on cruise ships here or there next year. So it's quite var- it's quite a variety right now. There's a lot of movie soundtracks on there. Barbra Streisand features quite heavily right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Celine. You know, so there's quite a lot of pop stuff on there because I'm trying to connect to songs that I want to sing in these shows or that I've just done at my gig. So yeah, quite a variety really, but quite pop heavy. Very rarely, you know, do I listen to musical theatre, very rarely. Mm-hmm. Unless it's something where someone's gone, "Oh my god, you have to listen to this song or you should sing this or, you know, oh, this is, you know, this this would be good for you," or you know, something like that. It's very rarely that I that I turn on something and listen to musical theatre these days, but um Yeah. So Barbara Streisand is quite heavily right now, especially her new album that came out a little while ago. So yeah. Amazing.
1: Very cool. Mm -hmm. I have a cheeky last question. Ollie, Ollie got to go rogue, so I'm going to do it as well. (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) Uh, Outrageous. I know,
1: I know. (laughs) Um, So we love, we love you full stop, but we um, especially love you as Bev. Um, So is there any way that you have any information that could help us find you as Bev on specific nights between now and the end of the show?
0: Oh, bless you. Yeah, absolutely. I always post them on my Instagram um, stories and stuff. So, um, yeah, definitely. But my last guaranteed Bev show is on the 21st of December before we close. Um, so it, I feel that like that will probably be my last show, um, which should be quite a special one, hard one, a tough one. But yeah um but yeah so it would be amazing to have some friendly faces in the audience for that one for sure I think that'll be a pretty special night well that's a pretty good call to action for the choir members
1: book the 21st of <laughs> December guys
0: there you Go, there you go.
1: <laughs> thank you so much this has been absolutely fantastic and oh my god time management we did so well
0: right I know <laughs>
2: It's almost almost like we're working with someone who has to be very very strict with their timing i no, you know no, crazy yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. but thank you so much for having me i was i was thrilled that you got in touch and i think it's amazing what you're doing and and love to all your choir members as well i hope i will get to meet you all in person someday uh, it'd be nice to do a workshop with you guys as well maybe next Precisely. year or so. that would be amazing yeah. in the yeah. diary, hopefully. thank you so much my highlight of the week <laughs> oh well thank you for having me
2: <laughs> brilliant thank you so much jen pleasure
1: Okay. Time for women gloves. So on a theme, because we like themes, we asked you guys what you loved about come from away and how many times you'd seen it. So let's focus on why you guys love the show so much first. And uh, to start us off, the lovely Annie says everything, which I think is a pretty good summation.
2: (laughs) Thanks everyone. It's been great. That's uh, and we're that? done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Annie in in classic form. Um, yep. But to be fair, uh, I've got another submission here called "Just the Whole Beautiful Thing," which is from Ollie. So yeah, apparently Annie <laughs> and I are agreeing. Uh, it's just it is kind of hard to pick it out what it is, but there's something very very special about it.
1: Completely. But luckily,
2: some of you have eloquently managed to put it quite quite well
1: um, yes so you we're, gonna, have.
2: we're gonna we're gonna dive into those
1: yeah and i'm going to start with one here that says through the power of perfect musical theater i'm taken on an emotional roller coaster of hope
2: very mic good. drop mic drop here's that from uh richard well done richard good yep. points um got one from jody here because it's based on a true story and inspired me to be screeched in in Newfoundland. So, Jodie, that's great. You've been screeched in. That's very exciting. Um, I hope you enjoyed that particular drink. And did you kiss a fish? You'll have to let us know.
1: And also just well done for going to Newfoundland. I know. I mean, that's amazing. I saw, I saw pictures on, on, the, on the social needs and I
2: was like,
1: she's actually gone to
2: Newfoundland. So, well done. <laughs> did you just say social needs?
1: I did. Is that not a thing? Am I aging myself? Am I making stuff up?
2: It must be a thing, but I've never really heard it.
1: Uh, I mean, I don't want to take credit for it because it probably isn't me, but I'm probably like 12 years late.
2: (laughs) Uh, Story of my life. (laughs) Um, We have um, Jess here saying, because it focuses on how capable humans are of helping others in times of need, which is very true. It's such a, a resonant theme um for me just watching how incredibly selfless people can be both the the people from Gander but also uh, increasingly the uh, the people who are stranded there and finding themselves
1: the lovely Katie Lou has said the community and friendships made kindness wins but then she also said the folk style music and how passionate the characters are about Gander and yeah that's something that really sticks with me and how proud they are of where they're from the the whole show makes me proud to be Canadian
2: Chloe, uh, the songs are brilliant. The cast are incredible, and the plot is beautiful. That's a very good triptych. That's the thing; it's it's hard picking out songs um, because if you've not seen it, it just runs for just about ninety minutes, no interval, barely any stops between songs. Like you can feel sometimes the audience are like really wanting to applaud, but they're going straight into the next thing yeah. at the end of another piece. So. Um, I'm going to completely contradict myself now and pick, pick out uh, Matt, who points out that he loves me in the sky and he could just listen to that forever, which is probably one of the few standout songs that's given license to be applauded, justifiably. Yep.
1: No, that's that's a brilliant one. I love that one. Mm. I think everybody does. Then we have one up here that is from Yana. It makes you believe in the good in people. Very true. I 100% agree.
2: Funnily enough, Charlie and Lynn both said it's a true story full of heart and it's full of so much heart. So Lynn and Charlie, as ever in San Francisco. Yeah, (laughs) aligned.
1: (laughs) And the lovely Amy Kay says, it reminds me that there is still good in this world and that people will still come together.
2: I'm astonished that from these answers, no one's mentioned chairs because the chairs are incredible.
1: There is another Amy who says, the movement in songs, pretty Pretty sure that's the chairs, we can um, definitely
2: attribute that to show. Yeah,
1: so. plus the harmonies as well in the songs. So thank you, Amy.
2: Lauren points out uh, the music in in general. I think the, the band are wonderful, and the fact that they get some time at the end of the show to come on stage and be there. But, mm-hmm. um, Lauren's favorite is the Yiddish um, channel of your piece mashup. That's a very powerful moment and uh, beautifully done. So yeah. it, that's the thing. It's just such a roller coaster of a show you're euphoric, feels. and then desolate and bewildered and all wrapped up again and you just <laughs> both times i've seen it just yep. kind of confused as to where i am almost at one point
1: um and then we have iris who says it's simplicity great storyline and great songs
2: i think those are most of the answers um, i think
1: that is most of the answers
2: yeah we appreciate you sending them through
1: yeah thank you guys and we agree with every single one of them.
2: Now then, should we get on to the fun that is the numbers game?
1: We shall. So I'd like to start this one off by saying, I'm looking to see if somebody can beat Maxine. Shall we see?
2: <laughs> Let's see. I've got a funny feeling there might be someone.
1: I think there is. Um, so I am going to find Maxine's answer. She says 11.
2: Now then, I've seen it twice.
1: I've seen it. I've seen it
2: twice, once with you,
1: and once back in um, 2019 with some Canadians.
2: There's a whole bunch of you who have been at least two times.
1: And three is also, and four are quite popular numbers here.
2: Do we bring up the slight issue that one of our new angels hasn't seen it at all?
1: Zero, with many crying emojis after it. Lucy, fix that. Get on it.
2: Go. We didn't know this before we gave you your wings. (laughs) <laughs> okay. This is serious after the after the event um revelation. So to be fair, uh, she has written with a, a cute accent on the on the E, so zero. Um, I, I don't mean, know if that, it's French still, Canadian.
1: It's, it's
2: very charitable. It's very Canadian of you.
1: <laughs> also, uh just to remind you, uh you've only just seen it twice. So no giving Lucy a hard time.
2: Um, <laughs> I think I, I no, uh, you know, maths whiz, but two is definitely more than zero. Yeah, I know. Um,
1: but that are both this year, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Still so you more you've than only, zero.
1: I, I know, but you've only just got anyway. It's fine. Lucy, I've got you. Don't worry, but go see the show. <laughs> I
2: think it's, I think it's best. Yeah. You need to go before the end of the, the run. It's, it, it's, it's wonderful. Okay. so iris iris has seen it three times once in english uh so in english and once in dutch so two times in dutch, once in dutch so well done iris that's the uh, top work
1: jenny has seen it five times post pandemic and twice before so seven
2: jenny did write post panda i had no idea what that was about for a moment but i, I realized well done for deciphering pandemic um,
1: i yeah i i figured it was what the kids call the pandemic these days i don't know
2: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> but yeah and then we also have
2: katie lou and richard have both seen it four times
1: mm-hmm.
2: well done then and, and annie as well
1: yes and her fourth time was just recently actually last week i think um and then we have emma who has seen it six times in the west end and once in toronto on the north american tour
2: Which is an answer from a previous episode about where you've seen shows other than the West End. So Mm -hmm. think of that for continuity. Yeah. And corroboration of correct answers, which is great. I think we're getting up to full on kind of obsessed now. Theatre with Sam, uh, who's a new follower, um, has seen it eight times. Bravo. Bravo. Really well done, Sam. But Maxine is still winning. (laughs) Maxine is still winning. Now, how many does Maxine have?
1: Eleven. And she's going to try and go again. So she is going to go for the even dozen, I think.
2: Eleven. It's pretty full on, Maxine, but I appreciate the effort. Now then, we do have someone who wins above Maxine, though.
1: Yeah. I mean, Maxine, challenge accepted, right? Off you go.
2: <laughs> Very excited. Uh, Mr. Dave Cribb, any of our followers who go to Overtures and The Reg, uh, will know Dave as one of the excellent pianists there. He has seen it 14 times. And he asked, is it my time to shine? Uh, Yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And hopefully we will have you on on the podcast at some point, Dave, uh, with any luck. And uh, you can tell us why you have seen it 14 times. (laughs) Other than it's amazing. There we go. So an incredibly popular show.
1: It is. It is. And if you haven't watched it, um, you can see it on Apple TV as well. Original Broadway cast. So I've seen it once there. And made my parents watch, and my dad actually liked it. He hates musicals. Oh it was God. amazing. I know it was crazy. So, just proof of how awesome it is if we haven't convinced you yet with all of your answers.
2: Come from away. It's been wonderful having you. It's in the West End, and uh, yep. hopefully, will be on tour. Who knows?
1: Fingers crossed.
2: So thanks very much for all your Wemmick loves. There's a lot of answers and uh, yeah, great to see that it's such a popular show. Happy half term. Uh, It's coming out in the middle of the, uh, the awesome term and yeah, we all know what's coming up in the next few weeks. All the
1: performances.
2: Yes. (laughs) All of them performances. So please make sure that if you haven't already sign up, Uh, there are waiting lists for some of them Uh, make sure your name's on there. And yeah, I think we'll see you hopefully at St. Paul's to name but one. And then there's a couple of station ones in December. But yeah, some very exciting stuff. And, and I think there's a, a, probably a few more being listed off very soon.
1: Yeah. And you're actually going to see me at some of them.
2: What <gasps> a thought. I know. So if, if you haven't signed up already, you can see a KDG <laughs> in person.
1: Yeah. Come give me a hug.
2: For a nominal fee. I mean, no, there's, no, there's no fee.
1: No, there's just, no fee except the hug. That's yeah, it.
2: Just There we go.
1: I'm easily yeah. pleased.
2: <laughs> or Starbucks. Okay. No, it's monetary value. Okay. So we, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be doing this to the followers. Okay.
1: <laughs> the hug is fine or just a hello. Also fine. Easily pleased.
2: <laughs> Easily pleased. Um, <laughs> you can also see me. Uh, I insist on no hugs or coffee. So uh, I would just be glad to see you at the performance.
1: Me too. I just said a hello. Oh my goodness. Anyway.
2: <laughs> We're going to sign off now because this is unraveling a, a, a yeah we're gonna we're gonna
1: start bickering soon and that would be hilarious
2: we don't need to bicker
1: we don't need to bicker (laughs) no
2: thanks for listening and we'll see you again very soon
1: see you soon guys